We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, it could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back to another edition of Horn Nations of Bangarangs and Daggers. I am your co-host, Patrick Gerhardt, and with me, as always, is Nate McHugh. Nate, it's been two weeks since we've last done an honest-to-goodness podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, and I prefer this over uh, what we did last week. So Last week, I, I think it went well. The end product, I think, was okay. But it just putting everything together, for those folks, you who didn't listen or weren't around, Last week, uh, neither one of our schedules could match up. I was out of state, and he was busy with life as it is. And so what we did is that we took a subject, which was AAU basketball. Please go back and listen to it. And we cut it up into basically somewhat of a flowing narrative. Um, mine was uh, basically a rundown of it. And you gave your firsthand account. Honestly, I thought, I thought your, your half was the better half of the podcast by far. But yeah, no, it was um, you know a lot of cutting it up together, and I, I, I thought I thought it went pretty well. But this is this is definitely a heck of a lot easier. Yeah, I think I think it's just going to be better this way. So uh, I to talk to instead of doing my own thing, which is it was it was kind of weird, kind of awkward. But you know, I got over it at some point. <laughs> you had your kid in there, didn't you? Yeah, he was in trouble. He. Uh, he uh, hit somebody in school. I hit him in the foot, and um, he told me uh, that the teacher said, "Well, we're supposed to treat people. We treat people how we want to be treated." And since he hit me, he must have wanted me to hit him back. And I thought that was pretty good, but you know, we got over it, and he's done he was, better. He we, was philosophically we can't get in correct. Trouble at school anymore because school's over. So there you go. You can only get in trouble at home, right? Yep, and that's every day. Every day, of course. Of course. But no, I, I thought as a whole it went well. We wanted to try something different, tried something new, and, you know, end product, we may do it again. We may not. We'll see. Hopefully our schedules don't have too many problems. You know, a day or two here and there is not bad. But, you know, we want to we put out a good product, and it's a lot easier. I think our, our listeners get a better better experience when you or I are on the same page. So that's good. That's good. But outside of that, a lot's a lot has actually happened over the past couple weeks in Nebraska ball. We've had a transfer come in. We've had you know a 2019 recruit finalized out of Ohio. But more importantly, before this recording, the last piece of the Tim Miles dynasty is gone. That is Isaiah Roby, right? Yeah, this is two two hours before. I mean, two hours ago. That, yeah, um, Roby announced it actually. He was probably a little upset because um, I think it was a Jeff Goodman. I think broke the story about one uh, thirty and um, see on the rise for stadium. I think I think it was Jeff Goodman, and he broke it. And I think um, Roby was planning on announcing it too, and Jeff yeah. Goodman obviously couldn't wait. And Goodman's a he's a good friend. He's a good friend with Tim Miles, so I'm not sure how well that would sit with Tim. Um, I've heard I saw some of the people. On Twitter, saying, you know, why announce it? Let Roby announce it. But that's just how you know the media works today. So you you get you give them an inch, they take ten miles. 
basically. Yes. yes. Yeah, no. I mean, I don't think anybody is overly surprised Isaiah went to the NBA draft. This is something he's always wanted to do. He had a really, really good junior year. He, uh, he, he was a highly touted for a three-star prospect coming out. And, you know, first couple years were a little little hit or miss, but this last year he averaged 11.8 points a game, 6.9 rebounds, and 1.9 assists per game. Um, he was third in the Big Ten in block shots, ninth in steals. Uh, he, he was a threat. He was a threat for Nebraska. He wasn't always the hottest threat, but, um, no, he was good. And I think, you know, over the last couple months when he's been going through the NBA process that a lot of good buzz has come out you started hearing about him a lot more. A lot of the NBA publications started picking up on him. Um, he's, right now, I think he's he's looked at as a possible second-round pick, isn't he? Yeah, some have even said that a late first-round pick, and I'm thinking the Warriors, you know, or a, an early second round. Um, he's moved up in a lot of people's minds during the NBA uh, combine. Uh, I, yeah, I, I hope, you know, I think it's the right decision. Uh, he... I don't know how much he could improve um, in the NBA's eyes with one more year, unless he dramatically improved his three-point shooting. Uh, he, I think it's his athleticism, his length, and uh, his 3.9% body fat, I assume, was very high on uh, NBA scouts' uh, priorities. I can't believe that. 3.9%. I think that's, that's number one. That's huge. I mean, that's, that's, that's practically no body fat. Yeah, I, I I don't even know if that's healthy. <laughs> I, I've got a foot I got a football reference in there, but I'm gonna hold off for a little while. Okay. Oh, well, <laughs> do you think it was a good idea? I mean, do you think it was a good decision? I, you know, it would have been nice as a Nebraska basketball fan for him to come back. Um, I think he would have done well in Hoiberg's first year, but you know, for himself, you know, he he's had some ups and downs, and I think getting on a steady path, I think getting in the NBA where they can focus on him a lot more, and he can focus on himself. He doesn't have to worry about school or anything that goes around it. Uh, NBA is known for its handlers. You know, he can get in. A, I think a little bit more of a controlled environment than college, and he should do well. I think he should prosper. Now, whether he's he goes, you know, in the first couple of rounds and actually plays early next year or goes to the developmental league or even, you know, plays elsewhere for a time being, I think, uh, some of the development that he's needed, he will, I think will come along, uh, at a better pace now in the NBA. Uh, I think this is a good move. I, you know, again, I wish he would stay there, but as a whole, he's got some things to work on. And I think taking the next step out to the NBA is probably his best move. Yeah. I, and I, I agree almost with everything. You know, and we can say whether it was a good, it's a good idea or not. You know, we don't really know until we find out what, you know, where he gets drafted or if he gets drafted. And, um, remember the number uh, of the amount of people who declared for the NBA draft last year and didn't even get drafted. And that is true. How many? What's that number? No, I, I, couldn't, I can't remember the number and I couldn't find it. But it was a very large number, like more than you'd think. And so that's, that's partly my concern. Um, but if he's getting – some people think he might go late first round, then I, it makes me feel a lot better. But if they were saying, you know, end of the second round, then I think you had to come back. Or else, you know, if you don't get drafted, then you could always go play in Europe or sign a undrafted free agent, you know, contract or something, you know. 
so, that's you know, true. You know, we'll, we'll find out. And it, you know, if he gets drafted at the end of the first round, then he made the right decision. You know, if he totally. goes undrafted, then he made the wrong decision. Oh, so, exactly. Yeah. And it, and but you know, today's Wednesday. Today, uh, the 29th of May is the last day you can you can be in the NBA draft, pro- go through the NBA draft process. Now, my question, this would be an interesting thing to do, is that you have a lot of players going to these teams in Asia and Europe, and I'd be curious to see how many, you know, percentage-wise actually end up in the NBA after playing overseas because there's there's good money playing in those teams throughout the world. And, you know, but if you want to play in the NBA, what's kind of the, the best way to go about it? Um, here's another thing to think about. And I think you brought this up in the past, and that is if you don't go in the NBA in your first couple of years of college, then the chances are going to be slim to succeed, correct? Yeah, they, they think uh, a lot of scouts think you've tapped your potential. Uh, that, that's about as high or good as you're going to get if you're a junior or senior. Um, that, how, that, however, is different for some players um, like Roby, who they just see him as a freak athlete. <laughs> who is skilled enough and they think they could probably make him a better shooter. I think that's about what they're looking at because if they can turn him into a 35% sh- you know three-point shooter, you know, he he's going to be he's going to be on a roster in the NBA. And he may not be starting, but he's going to see good playing time, correct? Yeah, I, I I think so. If he can get that, you know, um the, the three-point percentage up, that's I mean that's huge for the NBA. Uh they might just stick him in the corner, say don't move. And, uh, you know, and then maybe Steph Curry will, you know, come off of a pick and roll. And then whoever's guarding uh, Isaiah Roby, you know, he would have to come off or, or Steph could give him the ball and they could shoot an open three. But they, they um, one, one of the scouts said that one of their concerns about Roby is he passes up too many open threes uh, mm-hmm. in college and during this NBA combine. Um, you can't do that. Uh, so. He needs to be more assertive, and I think Nebraska basketball fans know that. They know that there's there's some games it seems like he was really assertive and he was very uh, like you know really went after it. And there's other games he was kind of playing passive, and I think that was kind of uh, that's probably one of the major concerns for the NBA um, scouts. Now going back, you mentioned Steph Curry at the beginning. You had said that you think that he could go to the Warriors. Why do you think of the Warriors, and how do you think he'd fit into that system? Well, uh, the reason why is because they um, they don't need their bigs to do much. They have, I mean, if you look at Kevin Durant's hurt and all of a sudden the Warriors, you know, they look like one of the best teams, you know, in the past 10 years, you know, well, that they have been. And they don't need much out of their bigs except for guys who can play defense and who are athletic and who can get them extra possessions. And, you know, just do the dirty work. And that's why I think he's a perfect option for them. He's not going to need the ball to be uh, to be productive for them. And if he does go to the Warriors, then he's not going to get the ball very often. But he's, he'd be able to do just enough coming out of college to help them out. Perfect. So do you see him staying? So if he does go with them, you probably see him staying for a while and basically being a secondary role to their stars and probably taking home, I don't know, couple rings by the end of his career oh no <laughs> I, I hope not from my own nba <laughs> you know my you know, i'm not a warriors fan so but realistically uh, but realistically yeah realistic yeah if he, if he got drafted by the warriors i could especially 
because um, Durant's going to be gone. Clay, uh, Clay uh, Thompson, which I think is kind of interesting, is that because he was not uh, voted onto an all-NBA team by the media, he loses, I think, $30 million. So he's oh actually God. cheaper now for the Warriors. And so they might be able to keep the team together. And so he'd be just a supplemental piece to that team. That's a hit and there's to other the, options. That's a hit to the ego but... and the pocketbook. Yeah. And, wow. and Roby actually has worked out for the Warriors, so they, they have already showed interest. So Holy that would be, I'd, be, I'd be very happy to see because he's going to be on TV all the time. But, you know, he might go undrafted. We don't know. So no, that's a good rundown. Thank you. I mean, like we both agree, this is probably about the best move for Roby. And, you know, maybe starting totally 100% fresh for Fred uh, is probably the best move for Nebraska. And, you know, I, like I said, I think a lot of people saw this coming for a while now. And uh, we wish Roby the best. Absolutely. But with that said, you know, we got a little more in the NBA than we probably would normally do. But <laughs> we kind of need to, you know, this is a big deal. Nebraska is not, it's been, what, 15, 20 years since Nebraska's had a highly uh, recruited guy in the NBA. Yeah, it, I was thinking this is, I mean, when was the last time Nebraska has had a basketball player impress in the NBA combine? I mean, Strickland? Oh, man, you're going back. I know, uh, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> we had good players, just not on that level. Yeah, not an NBA player. Like, I, I told a lot of people that would listen that I thought Roby was the best NBA prospect on the team the past two years. They'd always bring up James Palmer, and I thought, you know, he, he might be a better college player, Palmer, but I think, you know, Roby is a better NBA player. And we'll he, might also, he, might, he might also be the better talent overall, but that doesn't mean he's going to turn into a NBA player. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, you, you never know. No. But with that, we'll move on to, since our last podcast, Nebraska basketball has had two new acquisitions. First one is Derek Walker. He's a transfer from the University of Tennessee. And second one is Samari Curtis um, out of, I think, the state of Ohio, correct? I don't have my yes. notes up. But yes. first, one, first one, let's talk about Derek Walker. Derek comes from Tennessee. He was a highly ranked recruit coming out of high school. Um, didn't do a whole lot. He's averaging 5.3 points a minute this last year on a very, very good Tennessee team. They made the Sweet 16 before they were knocked out. So it's not like he's coming to us from uh, North, South, Eastern Connecticut State or something like that. You know, it, it's we're, we're getting a very good, talented player who really is not blossomed whatsoever. But he's six foot eight. He's he's a forward. He's from Kansas City, so he's not too far away. Uh, he averaged 5.3 minutes, 0.8 points, 1.1 rebound, and that was pretty much it. You know, he, he, when he came out of high school, he was ranked number 66 power forward in the nation, number two player in Missouri. So he's got potential. And for whatever reason or not, he did not work out with Missouri, but hopefully, hopefully Fred can do something with because he's got two more years to go that we'll have him. So hopefully he'll fit into the system. What do you think of this acquisition? Well, uh, he went to, I guess he was originally a 2016 recruit, uh, maybe not for Tennessee, but um, then he reclassified to 2017, and he went to Sunrise Christian Academy. And I thought this was interesting. Um, the team that I helped coach in high school, we played at the uh, Heartland Hoops Classic in Grand Island, and they always try to bring in some out of, you know, some big time schools and. 
Sunrise Christian Academy has been there, I think, two of the past three years. And so I couldn't figure out, and I couldn't verify whether he actually played on one of those teams. And I, I looked and looked, and I couldn't find it. But um, he could have already played in Nebraska. We don't know. But uh, uh, the, the, the yeah. connections, the roots to, to, to Lincoln could have already been made, basically. Yeah, he, he probably, uh, he was in Grand Island, said, you know, that, that city of Lincoln, Nebraska looks pretty good from here. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to Grand Island. Grand Island is a wonderful town. It's a great Nonetheless, town. Nonetheless, it's you. a great town. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we probably got people from Grand, Grand Island who listen. So, um, they, they can I hate on it. You know, you know what you do? You take that phone number from the Five Heart Podcast, you call them up and you complain about them. Or you yes. complain about us to them. I think that's yeah. the best way to go about that. We Com- have a great voicemail. Yes. Exactly. And we'll, we'll, we'll listen to it and then maybe we'll respond. Um, but as a player, so, what, what do you think of them? You know, I, I'm trying to not be a Kool-Aid guy for Nebraska. So, and in this case, I'm not going to be. I, I don't know if he's a stretch for what Hoiberg wants. I mean, he might just see him as, I don't know, I'm not entirely sure. He sits out one year. He's not going to play next year. And for whatever reason, you know, and it could be, who knows, but he played less his sophomore year at Tennessee than his freshman year. Uh, he's... He, I, I don't know if he's just going to be there to help our two true freshmen come in and, you know, deal with someone during practice who's played in the SEC. That could be it. Because the SEC's so. turned into a decent conference. I mean, again, he comes from Tennessee. They were, I think, as high as number one in the nation this year. They made it to the Sweet 16. Uh, the SEC, they, they played through hard in the SEC, and the SEC is not what it used to be. Uh, it's no longer, at least as of now, just a you know a Kentucky basketball conference. SEC has invested in basketball. They've invested in not just the coaches but also the facilities. SEC has turned itself into a good basketball conference. So it's not like we're just picking somebody random up. Um, he's he's got a lot of potential. I think he's got a lot of upside, but it just has yet to be developed. And he might have been in a system at Tennessee where it just wasn't a good fit. You know, because I mean, if you read a lot of the stuff coming out of the Tennessee blogs and news news outlets, it's you know, it's not overly high on him. But they're also coming from the standpoint of you came here t- highly rated, highly touted, and you did not perform. So I, I could see where they're coming from, but you know, coming from our end, we have to look at it from the standpoint of you know, what's this kid going to develop into? You know, is he going to turn into a, a, a forward that's going to not just handle himself in the for you know on the court for Nebraska, but also battle himself through the Big Ten. Can he can he develop? As I keep saying, you know, and I think we have yet to see if that can happen. So I I almost want to say there's a big question mark over this guy's head, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I. Uh, so and I was also thinking, you know, not trying to move away from him because you know of all the all of the players Hoy Hoyberg has brought in, I'm the least excited about this guy, but. Uh, so if we just look fast forward just to next year, who are going to be our post players? We got a true freshman, Kevin Cross, 6'8", might be the most skilled. Yvonne, oh, I'm not going to, the, the guy from France, true freshman, he just turned 17. Oui, oui. Maybe Matei Cavas, even though he's a mm-hmm. guard, but he's 6'8". I mean, I'm, not, I'm interested to see um, what Horbrick does with the post, post position, but we'll find out. But, you know, um, I hope I hope I'm wrong on Derek Walker. Uh, I think you posted an article in the Slack chat room written by maybe a, the Tennessee site for SB Nation, 
they weren't exactly sad to see him go. So no, no, he was he was one of the least performing players in that team. Again, a very good team. Yes, yes, and that's yep. That, that's actually a good, really good point. We we didn't get to see how good he could have been because you know there are so many good players in front of him. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I, I hope I hope he's going to do really well. But you know, I'm not holding. You know, I'm not going to hold my breath. I guess I would say. <laughs> no, that makes sense. That makes sense, and I, I agree with you. Moving on, we have Samari Curtis. Samari is a six foot four shooting guard out of Zena, Ohio. He's a three star recruit, not too far away, I think, from being a four star. But we we pulled a coup on him. Uh, we were up against him for his services from the likes of Cincinnati, Virginia Tech, Xavier, Xavier. Um, you know, not, not not as big of a list as we've had the last last few guys we've pulled from, but still a pretty good. Pretty good guard, you know, I would say. And, you know, he may not be the best player out there, but I think he's got a lot of development to do. Um, he's got a lot to work on. I don't think his offensive prowess is – it's a little overblown. I think he was averaging, what, 35 points a game yeah. this, this last year. Uh, I think he was on a very uh, lackluster team playing against lesser competition, you know, kind of a double whammy. And it's uh, so his numbers look really, really good. But I think when it comes down to it, if he gets into Nebraska, he's going to see that he's going to have a lot of ways to go. So he might be one of those guys we don't hear about for a couple of years. But in the long run, he could turn into something. I mean, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I. Um, you feel like you should be really excited for this guy. You, know, you can put the ball in the hole. Um, and this. Maybe it's just the, the coach and me, but his release point is a major concern on his shot. He reminds me a lot of Trey Young. Uh, he you know played Oklahoma. Now he plays for the Atlanta Hawks. And Trey Young, I mean, he he can shoot from everywhere, just like the Samari Curtis, you know, can. But and just like Trey Young, his release points almost like at his chin, you know, or maybe even a little lower. And I think so. He has to uses dribble and um, to get shots off, just like Trey Young did. And Trey Young was a great college basketball player until the teams figured him out. And then he got to the NBA, and teams had already figured him out, and it took him a while to adjust. So like you just said about, you know, we might take a you know a year or two uh, for um, him to figure things out. You know, I and that wouldn't be a bad thing for him. We got, you know, we got a couple guys that are only going to be here for a year, so you expect that they're going to be the ones who are going to um, lead the team next year. But I, uh, you know, I, I did a little bit of research, cursory research. You know, the Athletic wrote an article on, on Samari Curtis, <laughs> and I was like, really? And <laughs> so I, I was looking at it a little bit, and uh, maybe, maybe we should be more excited about this guy than. Like, and I'm not talking about you and me talking about, you know, whether he's going to be great next year, but like just a fan base. I think, you know, if, if Tim Miles would have gotten this guy, I think we'd be, you know, jumping up and down. But I think Hoiberg is such a big deal that, and so many guys have been coming in during the season that we haven't really noticed him almost. I mean, have you, outside of the day he committed, I mean, I haven't heard much about him. No, he um, kind of came out of the blue. You're right. Yeah, and so in this athletic article, it says um, that he had uh, committed to Cincinnati 
And it said, even in the midst of an impressive 23-4 and season, um, Cincinnati's fans are still eagerly anticipating his arrival on campus. So their team's 23-4, and and they can't wait for this guy to show up. So, you know, and then... And this is his home state, so they would be able to know. They would get the news articles. They would get the press releases in regards to his playing. So they would know for closer to firsthand than we would on how good this guy is. Yeah, yeah, and that, that yeah, that's a very good point. So maybe that's maybe that's actually the reason why, um, because you know he's Mr. Ohio though of basketball, and and I went down and looked at who has been some past Mr. Ohio's and <laughs> um, Luke Kennard. He ended up playing two years at Duke, and I think he's playing for the um, Pistons right now. Yeah, he's and doing okay. <laughs> yep, Trey Burke, uh, former um, Michigan uh, Wolverine. Uh, he had a great career there. Jared Solinger at Ohio State. O.J. Mayo came out of USC. He played in the NBA for uh, probably 10 years. He traveled yeah. all around. And then last and most importantly, LeBron James. And so my heart has been with LeBron forever. So um, maybe, you know, he could be the next Le- LeBron James. So, no. But uh, he, you know, uh one of the things I liked about him is, you know, I said I didn't like his release point. But one of the things I did like is that he's not afraid of contact uh, when he's going to the hole. He actually almost wants it. I think he led his conference in free throws. And he made more free throws than anybody else in this conference attempted. So I really like that. And I think that's going to be good for him in college. And, you know, I think he, sh- he shot 12 to 13 free throws a game. Um, in high school, and he, he can make even close to that, or uh, shoot close to that in uh, college basketball. I think you know he could be really good. So, no, that, that's great. That's actually a really great insight. I forgot about that athletic article, and no, it, it he could be something huge for us. He really could be the next really great player, not right away, but down the road. I still think he's going to have uh, transition to college from from high school, and I think there's enough talented guys ahead of him that you know he's gonna have to sit back and he's gonna have to learn you know he's gonna have to learn the nebraska game he's gonna have to learn how to play with these bigger badder guys that are a lot more aggressive and a lot more talented than him and i think down the long road you know we're gonna know his name we're gonna surely know his name yeah and just because a guy has to sit out it's not a bad thing no it's not it's not at all especially when you bring in guys who only have one year to play i mean that's you know, I, I think we should be excited if he does sit, or maybe anybody if he's if they do play him, probably means he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. No, fully agree. It's he 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 should be good. I don't see why they shouldn't be. Um, if anything, he's he's a bit like you mentioned. He's a bit of a diamond in the rough. And uh, keep keep his name in the back of your head. I wouldn't look at him too much this next year, but he was one of the last players to commit to Hoidberg after a long list of really good transfers. So it's, it's easy to get lost in the shuffle. So, so those are the last two basketball players we had. Nebraska now has a full roster with Roby gone, Derek in and Samari. There's been a few other things popping up in here and there, but as of now, there's not a whole lot going on until Nebraska goes to Italy later this summer. But there is one thing that popped up that caught my eye. And I think it caught yours, and it's something that's been talked about for a long time, and that is alcohol, I'm not naming the sport, alcohol at Memorial Stadium. 
Uh, Bill Moose has mentioned that he is interested in bringing in alcohol into, you know, the special people suites and to a couple other areas, which could lead to alcohol sales within the stadium. You never know. Tom Osborne's not going to be around forever, so we won't get into that. But that also leads into what other sports could you have alcohol in? Because historically, our athletic directors, you know, I've mentioned, I think Icor said it, that if you bring in alcohol into one sport, you kind of got to do it for all or a majority of them. And I understand where that comes from. So what sport would be the best for, you know, for that? Well, if you've been to Pinnacle Bank Arena, you know they have the beer taps ready to go. They they could do alcohol in a heartbeat. You wouldn't have to transfer anything over. You don't have to worry about anything. Um, it would probably be an easy transition. So, Nate, tell me, what are your thoughts about possibly someday having alcohol at Pinnacle Bank Arena? Uh, it's interesting. I... I think it's it's gonna happen. It probably should happen, but I still don't plan on buying a single beer. <laughs> I don't. I, I say that, but I just I'm not gonna pay eight dollars for a beer. I you know, not gonna yeah, do it. No, I understand. I, I probably will on occasion. Um, when they needed it was back in the day when they're at the Devaney. That's Why do you see that? The, uh, just the love. Uh, you know, back when they're in Devaney, oh, because... the level of basketball wasn't. I, dude, I've been a season ticket holder for a long time for Nebraska ball, and there were some games over there where I was literally sitting there going, "Oh man, I really, really need a drink right now." Well, that's when you need liquor. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no uh, kidding. But 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 remember, what you did was you went over to uh, you went over to um, the state fairgrounds across the way, and you went into where all the um, the horse racing simulcast was done. And you had a drink there, and then you okay, you know, and then you made it over to the game. But that's that's what you had to do back then. And now you have bars and everything. And plus, if you bring alcohol into the stadium, there's a potential that that could take away from the local bars and restaurants and whatnot. And you know, the whole goal is to you know not just benefit the university, but benefit the community. So you know, I I think the complaints about people getting drunk and rowdy at games, I don't think that's going to be there. Um, I think most people who are going to partake of beverages that hard are going to do it before they even step foot in there. The people who are going to drink in, in the arena are not going to be a problem. Uh, I think the number one thing is just, you know, what are the local vendors in the area going to think of it? But that's just me. Maybe I'm a little too business wise on that. So, yeah, I, I, I've, I've had this opinion about football as well. They have, they don't allow alcohol in the stadium and yet on a 7 p.m. game, you know, in Memorial Stadium, you know, football, there we said it, you know, uh, <laughs> that there are still guys getting thrown out for being intoxicated. And if, and if you go into the bathrooms, the men's bathrooms, I have not been in the women's bathrooms, the men's bathrooms, if you go in, uh, in a night game, the stalls have tons of shooters, you know, empty liquor bottles. And I, I truly think that if you allowed the sale of beer, that that would go away. People wouldn't feel the need to, you know, take a bunch of shots before they come in, and then uh, if they could just have a beer or two, you know, maybe that would help. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not an expert in that. I there's a sociological yeah. aspect that we we are just not experts on. Yeah, at yeah, all. we're not. Yeah, <laughs> we're and, not experts. No, and. Uh, the one negative that I think about is that we make fun of Creighton all the time about how people are only there because they can drink beer. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and we're guess we could, you know, we, we could say that people have been sold out, or we've been selling out Pinnacle Bank Arena, you know, before beer was ever allowed. So, but still, you know, we want to be able to take shots of Creighton, and uh, that would this might you know take one option away, you know, as far as get you know taking shots at them. True. Oh, well, I'm sure. I'm sure a fan base will find something. Yeah, Creighton <laughs> deserves it. I, I'm an alum of Creighton, and um, I I despise their basketball program. So, <sighs> yeah, I shouldn't have said that out loud. No, you're fine. This is Nebraska ball. Our our our, our fan base, our listeners, love to hear that. <laughs> so you did a good job. So, but as of now. That's all we have. Not a whole lot to go off of. We we have two. I thought we had two very good discussions over the, over the new recruits. I think we had good analysis on Roby and his prospects in the NBA and uh, the possibility of alcohol in Memorial Stadium. Well, I, I got one more thing. Oh, bring it up, sir. Really, really quick. So the last podcast I ended with the story of, from Italy, and I heard from a couple people because I, I left it kind of like a cliffhanger. I didn't tell the whole story. And so here, the first part of the story, you're going to have to download. If you have not already heard it, you're going to have to download last week's episode. And it's right at the end. And um, so I'll give an explanation of what what happened at the end. Uh, if you've ever been to Europe, sometimes when they find out you're an American, they take advantage of you. So in this case, my friends um, took a cab to our, um, our hostel or whatever. And the cab driver dropped them off in the wrong part of town. And um, came back, circled around, and said, "Oh, hey, do you need, you know, do, do you need a cab drive or a ride or whatever?" And it's the same guy, and he did it on purpose. And they just kind of played dumb because they paid him the first time, and the second time he dropped them off, and then they kind of dined and dashed, I guess you could say. <laughs> so I walked out. Here they come running down the alley, and uh, um, that's. That's what they're running from. So, Greg of uh, Five Part Podcast, you're wondering what happened. That's what happened. So, it wasn't a monster or anything, but that's kind of that's the ending. So, that's all. You know, that's that probably made the story a little less interesting now that you know the result. But that's what it is. So, I'm slow clapping in my head. Yeah, <laughs> the story's a lot more interesting from the beginning than that. That sounds pretty lame now that I say it out loud, but. It was it was kind of an intense moment. So, heartbeats are heartbeats are high. All five. Oh, yeah. oh, All yeah. five. All five heartbeats. We'll see you guys next week.